Hello. Good afternoon. It's a very grey, cold, maybe it's not so cold, a kind of mild day in London um, on this Wednesday morning, afternoon. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all the um, listenings, for the, uh, sorry, plays. Um, I really do appreciate it and as always, I hope and pray that you find, um, you know, a a podcast episode that's to your liking. I try and make it a bit more um, uh, different and kind of vary in topics and and all that kind of stuff just so, you, you know, anyone that would go in there would be able to find something that's to their liking. Uh, I um, I wanted to, um, on well, on today's podcast, I wanted to um, kind of do this podcast. It's about um, loving, liking or loving some aspects of someone um, or something like, you know, books or... Um, songs or movies or celebrities or whatever the case might be or family members or someone you met or someone you heard about or you know so liking aspects of them and it you know um, I'm kind of saying it's okay to like aspects of them or love aspects of them and not other things um other parts of them because um we can pick and choose and what what attracts them to us um is a reflection remember the world is a reflection um just like a mirror is a reflection of what we look like um the world is a reflection of what we believe our perception, um, our outlook on life and all of that. So whatever you believe, whatever you hold dear, whatever you, um, you know, um, love or like or fear, have fear of or all of that is what is looking back at you and, uh, um, well, I mean, I would start off myself as obviously I can only talk about my own experience. Um, um, I would say from the age of um, eight till I was sort of 18, well, 17 is when I moved out. <laughs> um, I didn't, as you guys all know by now, um, I my father died when I was seven and I was back home in Somalia at the time. I think it was um, 89 when he died. And straight away, within six months, uh, my mother said, well, you know, go and study um, in the UK and sent me here to an aunt, one of my auntie that lives here. And uh, so I had, you know, my life was kind of, stable 
um, from I would say from birth till roughly eight and then within six months there were so many changes I had to go you know prepare to come to the UK and learn a new language and you know all of that and uh, and obviously when you're younger the adults around you are making decisions for you um, and so you have no input I had to go whether I liked it or not that's how serious it was because um, she thought it was a good opportunity to go and study there and make something of yourself and uh, now when I came to my auntie's um, home they had their own battles and their own children and you know their own marriage crisis and all that kind of stuff and I was kind of thrown in there and no I'm saying all this to to tell you um, um, how much influence people make or how much um, how much yeah influence people have on us you know or how much our environment are um, impacted you know so of course I had to you know start school and adapt to the weather and the food and all the culture and all the other stuff but um, I the people that I, I kind of remember fondly from I would say roughly 8 to 17 um, or the when I was in school were my English teacher I um a lady that I worked with in my twenties um um just, you know I was kind of a um a very artistic child so I would draw and you know um paint and write um poetry a bit of poetry I was into you know William Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff. Um, all his plays and all the films I could get hold of. Um, so I have a great deal of um, influence by films, um, music, um, famous actors, artists of the 90s. Um, and I remember one of my, one of my cousin, <laughs> I used to like take that, uh, didn't we all? <laughs> um, and I remember one of my male cousins um, came around one Christmas and I had a huge poster behind my bedroom uh, door because I didn't want the relatives to make a fuss, you know, when they come around and oh my God and all that kind of stuff. So I remember I used to also hide it from my auntie's husband because he used to think, well, how can you like them when one of them in there was gay? I think it was. Um, and that's partly what the, the, the podcast is about. I, I, always, I often look at people and I, and I only take away what, I, what, what, what attracted me to them or, or what, um, what, what good have I learned from them I don't often 
pay attention to the other parts because that's not what attracted what what attracted me to them and um I'm really good at that and I think that's what this podcast is about is um take what's attracted you to someone now this could be friendship it could be a relationship it could be um I don't know it could be a famous celebrity or or a good book you read or a character in a book or a, a song or poetry or whatever it is take what's um takes what take what's good about it and or what inspired you or what um why were you attracted you know ask yourself questions like why was i attracted to that person why why am i listening to this song and why do i always play this song at this time of day or in the night time or whatever it is um and you would have your answer so take what's good of people and leave the rest because that's not what you're vibrating um because i and i don't put people in categories i know we all have like um we all have like different sides to us okay um so someone in my family might tell you that i am the most you know horrible rudest evil person ever i don't think i've ever been that way but you know that's them that might be their opinion another person might think that i am an angel and you know um uh people are lucky to have me or all of that so different people in your life have a different opinions of you and that's what they've whatever that attracted them to you um i suppose if it's a family member they have to deal with you then not so much of an attraction but um just take what what's attracted them to you um notice it question it and it's okay to have someone who you like something about but not the other part and um and why do you care about the other part that's not what you're vibrating um or that's not what was revealed to you anyway so that's what i the podcast i wanted to make a podcast about because um i've experienced this um myself where people would often say things like oh why are you listening to that artist isn't he um uh you know they might say isn't he gay or isn't he this or isn't he religious or isn't he that and and i always look at them like well i remember um a few months back i think i made a podcast about it um <clears throat> one of the pe- people that was um someone that was on facebook with me um commented on a podcast uh, on a post that i made about who was it um a famous let's see if i can remember who it was it was um i don't know i can't remember but anyway this this person made a quote years like really early in his um writing career 
um, yes, it was Ernest Hemingway, and he said something about one of his quotes that like, was posted on Facebook, and someone wrote under the post, didn't he kill himself? And I thought to myself, uh, so I, for good 30 minutes, <laughs> I didn't reply. But then I thought, well, and I asked him, well, what's that got to do with his quote? And he said, um, I just wanted to just put it out there. Well, I know obviously that's what's happened, but I'm pretty sure he didn't make the quote in that time. <laughs> so it was kind of irrelevant. Um, and and that's what I'm trying to, that's trying, that's the point I'm trying to make. People make these sort of, um, uh, I suppose, um, complete judgment um I, I i was kind of analyzing what he was trying to say like what's the quote got to do with the man um what the man did in his that you know um in his depressive state i didn't i didn't get it um it was as though he was saying when i made analyzation as i always do it was though he was saying, well, why why are you listening to somebody who has done that? And I've even told him, I'm sure he didn't say the quote in that time period. So your comment is kind of irrelevant. Like it's, he could have said it when, when he started his writing and, and then you see what I mean? Like people tend to make um, an overall judgment um, of people, and I think it's wrong because um, you you take away the person's humanity when when we only see uh, the negative aspects, and then we forget. I remember seeing this um, and then we forget all of the good goodness, all of the divine, all of the um, all of the magnificence, all of the courageous, the love, the compassion, the whatever. When we we don't see all of the great greatness of the person under the surface and we only see one or two mistakes or aspects in their life where they've uh, you know uh, you know um made a mistake and 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 that's what i'm saying it's so when when we're looking at like that what that guy was saying um look at the way he's also um look at the way from the perspectives he's looking at it from he's looking at um Ernest Hemingway as though his quotes his books and his life's work is not worth a dime since he committed that and um i don't have that kind of um i don't have that kind of judgment on people if anything i would i would be on their side kind of thing you know if anything I would just be more understanding and more 
compassionate um, than than to say well all of his life's work um, is not worth a dime <laughs> since he did that like seriously um, so that's the kind of when people are not spiritually awake or sound or they they haven't um they haven't risen in in the spiritual ladder we we are still operating on the lower um frequencies where you know i think the lowest is shame but still things like judgment and fear and um intolerance and all of that is a lower frequency when we get to anything beyond neutrality neutrality is a good thing you know that's when the love and the compassion and just um an enormous amount of understanding takes place um i've never been one to judge people even when i was younger i would often think there must be more to their story <laughs> if i had like if i met if i heard some um story about some someone in the family or somebody that did something or you know there's so many disasters in the families somebody has an affair or you know they have an illegit illegitimate child or you know all of that um i always look at it like well it must have been hard I wonder how they survived or I wonder what sort of or what's the story behind it or you know I I always I've always been in a in a in a place where I just want to understand rather than judge them judging them is not really um it's never been my cup of tea and it's also <clears throat> not my place um i also wouldn't like to be on the receiving end of that judgment myself so i don't judge i simply if i feel i don't understand a story i would try and you know ask questions just so that i could understand what happened what's taking place and who had an influence of you know what and all that um so we must always come from a place of try to understand and um allow the and i and because human beings have um an intrinsic um worth and value just the way they are um we take away their humanity and and we we sort of pile their the judgment and the anger and the frustration or whatever we're experiencing onto them because it's a it's it's a form of uh projection so um whereas when you don't judge and there's a level of an um, enormous amount of compassion um and understanding and there's also so much love you you don't feel um you don't feel anything other than i understand and i'm really glad you survived and i'm really glad you made it and um <clears throat> and uh in whoever you're dealing with i mean it's 
it's a very good um it's a very good place to be standing in and always um i know with my own self i do that with people um i try and put myself in the person's shoes and try and look at the world from their viewpoint than looking at from my viewpoints because when i'm standing outside i i could be judging and i wouldn't see a lot of things that would be on the other side but if i was in their shoes then then i i could see where why they've taken or why they've done this or you know so um understanding i think um trying to obviously raise your frequency and being less on the judgment less harsh less intolerance all of that needs to go and what what comes forth um or what comes forward rather is um just a lot of love and sympathy and understanding um i rather that than to stand and you know start throwing <laughs> things at them um because it takes away their humanity and i don't like um adding injustice um adding insult to the injustice uh that's just being an empath i think um i had a lot of growth in the last i would say 15 years um more so just because i understand my own um empathic nature and so there's a lot of um there's a lot of listening a lot of understanding and a lot of um empathy that i feel for people and uh you know even if it's something quite horrendous i always think there must have been something to <laughs> um kind of you know persuade them to do that or i try to kind of reach a place where um i understand them more rather than judge them so um <laughs> so yeah it's okay to um it's okay to like aspects of them and it's okay to um these people and it's okay to it's okay to um like even um some characters of the book and not other characters it's okay to like some songs and not an entire album uh, i do that very often i would buy you know um download or buy or whatever an entire album and i might have only two songs that i listen to in the entire album um so it's um you your the attract what it's what's attracting you to um that thing whether it's a song or a film or poetry or a person is um is what you need to follow see um often observe yourself see what the soul wants rather than the ego when you say things like you know things like um well, I'm better than everybody else. 
we all know that's that's the ego talking because um <laughs> ego is a bit selfish and self-centered and you know all of that and um whereas when it's your real self you would say things like i'm just you know the same as everyone else or you would say some you know things like that and so it's good to recognize um when you're speaking who who is actually speaking is it the ego is it the real self and kind of differentiate um <laughs> i was telling one of my cousins the other day when she sent me a text <clears throat> and she was kind of really angry and um speaking from an ego perspective and i went well that's not you talking um whereas after like after one hour you know i would get another text that would be like i do love you though and you know after we have our little misunderstanding <laughs> she would come back to our real self and and you know either apologize or just remind me that you know i do love you though and all that so it's good you can see you you if you observe yourself you're able to tell um where you're speaking from um especially when someone insults you and you feel so angry and you really want to get back on uh, and say worse things to them um just step back and um allow some time to pass and uh and just deal with <clears throat> people in a in a lot more compassionate way and um be understanding rather than you know be angry and send all these texts and later on you have to apologize and what you've said cannot be unsaid you know it will never be forgotten and all of that so you don't want to kind of get into that kind of state that's why i think in the ancient world people um was it three days i believe it was seven days they did um anybody that had arguments or um misunderstanding or whatever they used to have a seven day cooling period when you have things like three to seven days cooling period you allow the ego to subside you allow things to settle and you actually see far better um in 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 the whole chaos than you see you know what you've said and maybe it wasn't acceptable and you've got to go and apologize and but if you were in that angry um uh environment and you continued dealing with it you wouldn't have seen further down you know uh you know the consequences of your action or of your um statements or whatever so um self control is key but also um try to come from a place of i just want to understand even the you know difficult people that we have in our lives try and see um from their perspectives rather than yours So yeah, I just wanted to say it's okay to like some aspects of someone 
and not other aspects of them. Um, we are also like that, don't forget. We're very um, <laughs> multidimensional. Like there's so much, it's like a, I don't know, it's like an onion type of um, layers. Um, there's so much, la you know, aspects to you. There's aspects to you that you don't like. Forget about people, you yourself don't like. Um, and, um, or maybe people don't like. But there are other aspects, always the good outweighs the bad thank god um so that's the good thing to keep in mind but um there's a balance the yin and the yang there's a balance um there somewhere and uh, um even your flaws appreciate them nobody on this earth is good at everything nobody has um uh you know there's no one walking around or even dead that have don't have flaws or haven't made mistakes or, or whatever so just keep that in mind it's just a learning experience and we will always be learning from now from the day we were born till the day we die it's a learning experience and that's okay it's okay to learn it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to start again it's okay to build a new life, new friends. It, you see what I mean? It's okay. Um, this the reason I did this podcast today was, um, I find some people are very, absolutely. It's, it's this or that. You know, as sort of like a mindset, and I've never been that kind of like clear cut i've always understood that there are so much in between the black and white so many gray areas in between and so even human beings we're not um we're not um like there's different aspects of the person um you will see in any given day even I would say in any given hour, okay, so example, if somebody catches you on a day when you're not feeling well or you haven't slept well or something like that or you've got bills or something you're thinking about, they're not going to be very pleased with you if you, if all they see is a cheerful person who's always laughing or always this and um it's uh, inhuman to kind of expect people to be so perfect, be so together. Um, I just think um, because you hold them into this high standard, um, it actually takes away their, their humanity and it takes away their... Um, their vulnerabilities it takes away a lot and um and and most of the time we hold on to it you know you should have been this and you should have been that and um i don't know if it's healthy 
to to hold people to that kind of standard i think it's just good to see what you get each day and see how you can help them rather than confine them into some um you know unattainable perfection and i had it the other day i um <laughs> i um i had uh, someone that i was speaking to for a while and they said um anyway he just made a comment and he said something about oh yes i was um i was supposed to ring him that day, that day and for some reason i had a bath and it was a long day and i went straight to bed so the next day he was so pissed off that he said you should learn to respect people you know and i was baffled what huh and because i don't say anything to people i've never offended anybody i was quite baffled like but did i say something to offend you and he said yes you didn't text to let me know while i was asleep <laughs> um i when i went to bed i did obviously let him know the next day but um and anyway i it, it made me think like what on earth is wrong with him people should understand to read between the lines i think um like this is what i was saying if you're not spiritually developed you're still operating in the lower um frequencies where you judge where you are intolerant where you are just over the top annoying <laughs> not to mention um evil and you condemn people to death if it was up to you um which is wrong and i mean look at that guy like it was a very simple thing like i did not let him know that i would ring him and fell asleep but the next day he had all these things to say but it's not necessary it's not necessary and when you're under when you're very understanding you you're very understanding so there's nothing to say what he should have responded with would have been oh that's okay we can talk another time rather than why well, should respect people and i was waiting the whole time on blah 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 you know <laughs> uh which which i thought was very unnecessary there's a lot of things that i think are necessary um but you should be understanding you see what i mean yeah i don't need to let you know that i fell asleep you know the time difference do you see what i mean um anyway um that's what happens when people are not spiritually awake when they're not working on themselves i've said this in i think every podcast i have ever made and i with literally like i don't know over a thousand um and i'll say it again the greeks and the persians and all the civilizations before them have said know thyself 
know thyself, which just says, know yourself. The more you observe yourself, the more you practice um, control, discipline, don't offend people, don't say anything, just come from a place of love, understanding, you know, kindness and compassion and all the other um, uh, words, <laughs> um, you have a, you have a, a different energy to you, you're not, you're less threatening, you're less explosive, you're less ugly, I would say, some people when they are, when they're, um, when they think you're imperfect because you are running late or something like that, they appear to me as though very ugly. Um, uh, you know, whereas when someone is practicing understanding and kindness or compassion, they really appear to me, they could be maybe not good looking as though society would say, but they would they appear to me as though very beautiful and very angelic um and they have a i don't know a glow around them um but when people are judgmental they are um projecting all their negativity onto you they seem even though they're very beautiful they seem very um evil spirited they seem very um just very dark and um they have a very dense energy around them uh as you know we can see energy and we can um sense it as well so that's just another note i wanted to add <laughs> um but know yourself and i think um be compassionate with yourself. Practice self-love. I've always said in each, you know, in each of my podcasts, listen to Louise Hay. She was a great American motivational speaker, and she dealt with self-love and um, the 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 importance of taking care of oneself in all aspects. <clears throat> So, tending to yourself emotionally is very good. Um, so I even practice some of her, um, some of her mirror work. She would often say, "Sit in front of a mirror and tell yourself I love you," and you know, tell yourself good morning and have a great day. And if something happens, like you weren't expecting, maybe a bill arrived or um you had an argument with a family member or you're just not having a good day or whatever then keep on telling yourself that it's okay i'm proud of you and i love you and you know do the whole self talk but in the mirror so you're looking at yourself um i did a recording of my voice telling myself that i love you and i i'm proud of you um in a um, voice recorder 
<clears throat> and I used to, I haven't done it for a while, but I used to listen to it for 30 minutes when I, when I used to, um, come back from work, um, in the late afternoon, it could be like 5 p.m., and I would like to have, uh, maybe 40 minutes nap, um, so then I would listen to it, so my subconscious takes on, and also, um, that improves your um, energy, especially if you had a stressful day. So do that. Um, another great one was um, Neville Goddard. Um, there's so many, so many. So do do um, tend to yourself. And I remember an actor that I was a big fan of years ago. Um, well, I still am. Leslie Chang, um, who sadly passed away, I think it was 2003. Um, He used to, when when he was going to get an award, um, he would clap, or like when when there was a a nomination. Like, you know, before they get the award, they would be named a few times before they collect the award. Um, So whenever he was, like, nominated, um, and they sit the people in the... um, presenting the shows, you know, one of those award shows, would say his name, he would automatically clap. (laughs) And then the audience behind him would join him, and they asked him, like, why do you do that? And he said... um, well, I like to begin appreciating myself, and so that others could follow. And every time he clapped, um, within a few seconds, the audience would join. So you need to be that uh, that sort of um, that sort of kindness. Remember, we are not loving. We are not kind and we are not anything to anybody unless we are that to ourselves. So be kind to yourself first. Be loving, be understanding, be forgiving. Put yourself first, um, motivate yourself first. Do all of that first. Um, As Louise Hay would say in one of you know, many of our lectures actually, um, love thy neighbor as thyself, um, although people don't practice that, they forgot the as thyself bit, and would focus on taking care of the neighbor instead of taking care of themselves first, so one should take care of themselves first, and do all of that you want to do for people. Um, if you don't do that for yourself, then um, you're not going to do that for other people. What you put in is a reflection, would reflect on the outside. So put the love in. Imagine your body as an empty vessel and you're always pouring um a lot of love a lot of um support a lot of nourishment in terms of food or drink or whatever it is 
um, own love or, um, you know, self-talk or, um, that's why I listen to, um, affirmations at night. I'll put them on on the iPad and fall asleep and I know it's gone in, you know, um, they're all positive. It could be about self-love. It could be about, um, just anything, but usually, um, let it be something positive, um, and, uh, yeah, so once you put all of that in and you then go outside, it would radiate, the love would radiate, um, the understanding would radiate, the compassion, whatever it is, it will all radiate out. So you actually don't need to say to people that I really am kind. No, they will see that you are. Um, same as you don't need to tell somebody, I never do anyway, but you don't need to tell somebody that I'm really loving. I swear I'm such a loving person. Why do you need to convince them? Show them that you are by being, by put it by um, giving that to yourself first um, and and that's how it radiates because if we just say it by words I think it was um, what's his name JFK Kennedy um, <laughs> he said um, gratitude is not um, is not just uttering words but it's embodying them and that's exactly what I'm trying to say once we practice compassion on ourselves once we understand practice understanding on ourselves once we practice compassion or kindness or any other good thing on ourselves first then it goes in and it stays there and it creates this glow around you then when people cross paths with you um, in any aspect of life you don't need to say I really am romantic or I really am loving or I really am kind I'm really a good person you don't need to say these things because you would they would see that from you Let's say if they observe you um, in a train, if you got up, if an elderly person got in or a pregnant lady or somebody with a child or just somebody that can't stand um, and you got up for them or you put, you know, your lunch wraps or bottles or whatever it is in the bean, you know, the public beans or you hold the door for somebody or you know any of the things that we do day to day they would see that so there's no need to actually convince them that they that you are what you say you are because they would see it anyway uh, especially when it comes to you know high vibrations like love and compassion and understanding you have a certain glow um you have a certain energy behind you you you're not threatening you're not 
you know, people would happily stand next to you. They would feel secure because of the energy we emanate all day long. And this energy is maintained by our mood and by our perspective and by our, you know, mindset. Um, but one can also nurture it just by put, putting more in every single day when you get up or when you're going to bed take care of yourself go and have a bath put on your favorite pajamas put on um i don't know you know self-love affirmations that would be running throughout the night I put on things like, you know, a self-love affirmation <laughs> that's like eight hours on the iPad and I sleep. I know it's going to go in, you know, but I also practice compassion on myself. I try and eat on time. Um, I try and um, take breaks throughout the day. Um uh you know i try and do my favorite things like um maybe take a tea break and listen to my favorite song for 5 minutes or you know watch a short film in the evening or you know i try and reward myself well and that's me saying well done for getting through the day well done today was a bit tough if i have a like a lots of appointments and just lots of things I need to attend to um and so once we do all of this practicing on ourselves first then it radiates then you don't need to say I really am romantic I really am loving I really am a good person there's no need for that they'll see it anyway that's all I wanted to say <laughs> But remember, um, it's okay to love aspects of someone or whether they're celebrity or just, you know, normal people <laughs> um, or a book or a character or a poetry or someone's work um, and not like other aspects of them. Um, <clears throat> and because we are also just as different and as um uh contra like con contradicting um personalities and that's what the beauty is about you know you're this beautifully flawed yet loving mess that is um full of love and compassion and weirdness and but also beautiful to look at. <laughs> and uh, if you ask me, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so that's all I wanted to say until um, my next episode. Uh, have a great afternoon. Love you all. Love yourselves. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Hello. Um, good evening. I just wanted to say thank you very much for um, all the plays. Um, I'm so glad that um, each and every one of you have found a different podcast that's to their liking. 
Um, <clears throat> on tonight's episode, I just wanted to talk about um, rejection and how to deal with rejection. Um, uh, I think I would be. I always begin with my own personal view, um, and I, I have to say, it's a con. It's a thing that's very strange to me. I don't. Um, I don't ever remember being rejected in in anything in in terms of um, uh, well, maybe not everything, but. Um, maybe a job offer or something like that, though I don't recall um, anything that kind of impacted me that I would consider um, damaging. Um, so, in terms of um, friendships or um, love interests or relationships, um, I can't say that I've ever been rejected um, uh, or made to feel um, any way that was. I mean, I I was I was never I've never experienced it. Is what I'm trying to say, and so sometimes I feel um, I I can't seem to relate to people when they are rejected, but. Um, I do see the impact that has um, on um, on the individual. I have a very close friend of mine, and um, he seems to have uh, a lot of issues when it comes to dating. He's never um, he's never got the kind of response or the kind of attention or the kind of um, validation that he so craves for and um, I don't know obviously what his personal childhood was like before I met him but um, I try and kind of give him advice as to not be um, not be weak, not be people pleasing, you know, attention seeking, you know, um, in your face type of personality, which can come across um, to to women as you know, I can only speak in the perspective of women since I am one. Um, I, I personally don't like that. If I find somebody is overacting or overpleasing or over just over anything, um, I find it uh, suffocating, and so um, I want someone to to have that kind of nonchalant, not so bothered, very cool, very calm, very laid back. Um, and um, the reason these things are I mean the, the reason my friend and many others um, are, are like that and why they please and why they kind of over 
do over everything, over agree, you know, um, is because they don't have, um, they've never had uh, a love that, they were never nurtured in love, and so um, they don't seem to maintain, or I wouldn't say maintain, they don't seem to um, regulate their own self-love, and so they seek validation from outside sources so this you know in relationships in friendships in you know so many different groups they search for that and once they find that they seem to um over overdo it to the point the person feels oh my god you know um and uh I um um I think what my advice would be for those people I've not really um experienced it myself I am the one that leaves people <laughs> if they're not living up to my my own standards so if they're not loving or supportive or what I want them to be I leave them um, and I feel very comfortable because I don't need, um, I was raised, raised to with a lot of love and a lot of nurture. So I don't seek validation on the outside in anything, um, whether it's relationship or friendship or, or anything. Um, and there's, there's power in that. You're not overexposed you're not vulnerable you're not um you're not used and you know uh it's a very cruel world and one has to develop a very thick skin <laughs> or you know a way to create boundaries and if people cross them i don't you know um it depends, I suppose, on what it is, but generally, I don't entertain, I wouldn't hurt people, and I wouldn't um, <clears throat> do anything to jeopardise my relationship or, or friendship, and I don't expect them to do it to me. You know, I'm a little bit like that. I treat people very well. I'm very supportive, very loving, very, very everything, and so... Um, that's the kind of, uh, qualities that I also expect from people. And if they do not deliver for whatever reason, then I leave it. I love myself to that degree that I, I would leave it and I would not feel any guilt. Why should I? Um, at the end of the day, that's what I deserve. Um, I deserve nothing but... And that's where the self-love thing really empowers you. You, f you, you set the standard. Yes, um, you set the standard for or to how people treat you. So once you tolerate certain behaviors, then your standard is not a standard. <laughs> you know, 
but if you maintain a level of um, a level of respect for yourself, if you um, you know if you be forgiving, be loving, be supportive, but make sure people are not um, uh, crossing your boundaries. Make sure people are not insulting or you know in any way damaging and uh i don't i don't tolerate anything like that and um and i've noticed as i got older in any either friendship or relationship or, or whatever um i hold people to a standard and i don't back down i don't <coughs> uh <coughs> i don't um feel um I'm over the top or I am you know better than anybody or I am whatever high maintenance and all these sort of fancy names people give to somebody who's clearly um looking after themselves uh and uh because that's what I mean like I don't the world like I always say in, in each podcast the world is a mirror so how you, once you treat others well and you hold yourself to a standard then you don't expect anything less than that and so the abusers and the cruel or the toxic people all the people full of drama or all of those don't seem to be in your radar because that's not what I vibrate you know um and and so they've got no way of getting to you uh, because you set the standard now with my friend he's completely the opposite spectrum to me and that people pleasing that timidness that I will do anything, you know, for you, <laughs> madness, um, is what's driving the rejection. And he doesn't seem to link the people pleasing, you know, to to the rejections he's receiving. He thinks it's something else. Uh, maybe he needs to change his clothes or cut his hair or whatever. But I'm telling him, like, you have a... A desperate energy about you let the desperate energy go and um, but he's not doing that because he doesn't seem to have and I've noticed this um, with timid men they they don't have at least the ones that I've observed um, they don't seem to have a a way to regulate their uh, positive emotion if they have any and the seeking of validation outside of themselves seems to be a, a type of regulating um, thing that they seek all the time and so I feel like sometimes it's it's a it's a brick wall you can't seem to get through to them uh, but I w what I would advise personally to those men that are quite timid and people pleasing and they are um, <clears throat> just um, 
over they're very clingy uh, I would advise them to practice self-love to practice solitude solitude strengthens the mind the you know the body the mind and the spirit simply because you don't have um you're not spending too much time with people i love solitude in fact there was a some motivational speaker who called solitude a um the religion he said the solitude is a a form of a religion <laughs> i i think that's a bit dramatic but um i could see why he would say that it's once you get used to um being in your own environment being in your own head that's that's where we are most of the time 99% of the time we're in our heads you know <clears throat> whether you're stuck in traffic or at home or whatever you're always in your head and um but solitude gives you a break from the world a break from everything uh it's a very noisy world so one needs to get away in order to recharge in order to restore and rebalance rejuvenate you know um and what you can do when you're in this solitude um place um develop some hobbies some things you like doing buy yourself some watercolor painting um write a diary or journaling or yoga or i don't know meditation something things that are um creative in nature some people do calligraphy writing others paint they draw they go for a run do something um that strengthens you and so you need you would get to a place in your life as i and many others have got have got to a place in their life where um the world could end tomorrow and i would be fine because i have an internet running <laughs> and you know i have my solitude and it's very very important um that's why the most intelligent people have less friendships or they have less um less time they spend with people i actually get really irritated nowadays if i spend more than an hour with people i yearn to go home and to be in my solitude so even cooking something as simple as cooking becomes very creative you start learning about new recipe and baking and you know all sorts of creative um ways of doing dishes um organization that could become another creative stuff you get to know yourself if that's why the strongest among us are monks and you know um what what do monks do they get to know themselves they sit in a cave complete silence for hours on end and 
they don't rely on any other stimulation. There's no phone, there's no television, there's no people to visit. There is just them. And they can happily sit there and and observe their thoughts and hear their soul speak to them. Okay. Sometimes we are so busy with our day-to-day life that we don't hear um, what the soul wants. It could be something as simple as, do you know, do you guys have a um, have instances like times where you just wake up and you just want to have a, an egg sandwich or <clears throat> something you didn't have for a while? <clears throat> That's your soul speaking to you um i often say this about music as well um i would be drawn to uh i was listening to uh, when i was watching a tv show a while back a korean tv show called remember me and um there was a the intro soundtrack that was playing um i was really attracted to it to that and it just it gave me a sense of a very sad melancholy song and i don't know how i was able to pick up the sad melancholy song uh, especially since i don't speak the language but you don't need to speak the language in order to understand most of our understanding is non-verbal um <clears throat> so you have to also um, observe in yourself day to day um, or daily, even hourly. What are you thinking about in any given time when you're sitting down just before bed? What are you thinking about when you wake up? What's the first thing that you're thinking of? Don't just run to your schedule and making breakfast and the madness take time to gradually wake up and um, treat yourself well do things very very slowly i have been practicing this now for the past 10 years i would not speak for the first um two hours (coughs) when i wake up um I don't know, I I seem to enjoy the silence. The more silent I become, the more calm and peaceful I am. The more that I'm able to slowly, you know, get into the day rather than jump off bed and, you know, run around and, you know, sometimes not even able to finish my breakfast or <laughs> I don't do any of that. Um and so this is all about self-care it's all about self-love and so um because we didn't know all these things anyway um in in the past now we know so we need to incorporate it into our day-to-day life um now what i wanted to say was about the um the rejection that's my advice for the guys were to develop self-love 
There's a lady um, that I've been listening to for the past 15 years. Louise Hay, she's um, an American motivational speaker and she deals with self-love and self-acceptance and being good to the self and and um, and how we need to maintain or um, I would assume um, kind of um put back or kind of regulate our own emotions ourselves so you know by constantly um maybe i think she suggested three times a day you would look into a mirror um and you would tell yourself i love you i'm proud of you and you know just a few seconds and then you would go about your day and if you're having uh, a challenging day, you would tell that to yourself. Um, You could also make a mantra about it and always sort of create a little song like, I love you, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, and just carry on that way throughout your day, but without obviously (laughs) people hearing you, so they don't think you've gone nuts. and there's so much you can do to nurture yourself and to self-regulate. That's what we need. You don't need the outside well um, to validate you or to regulate your sense of importance. You can do that yourself by telling yourself that you love yourself, by accepting yourself, by being kind to yourself. Um, as for the, uh, the thing I want to say about the rejection was also, um, what, um, you must be aware if you fear something, um, like, it's almost like, uh, the energy that we radiate is is sort of a projection onto the outside world so i'll give you an example if you're very confident person very bubbly very outgoing um now then you're not going to have any issue with people talking to you or people connecting with you because when people see you that's what comes across your confidence your um you know the energy that you radiate your beauty your manners all these things come come across on the other hand if you're very timid you're always biting your nails and you're just scared um and um you have nightmares about the date you're going to attend because you don't think the girls will like you or you you don't think you're good looking or you all of these uh thoughts that you're having have an impression um have an imprint into the energy so when people first see you they read the energy what are you emanating so i always tell people watch out whatever you're emanating is what people will read 
not necessarily your words. So one needs to um, go into these sort of, it could be a job interview, it could be a date, it could be whatever. You need to go into your, into these environments with your best foot forward, looking fabulous, but also have an inner belief that yes, I am such and such and of course this person would like me, a belief that the person would like you and the boss, you know, the job interview person would like you and why wouldn't they? Because you're fabulous, you know. Um, <laughs> you've got to do that kind of, um, uh, that kind of self-regulating um, and really believe that you're a good person, you're fabulous, you're unique, um, just one of a kind and really believe it and then when you get to meet these people this is what they read um, not necessarily your words also <clears throat> the other aspect is um, yes so whatever we believe of ourselves is what people believe people often also say things like I'm really um, and I've, I've experienced this myself, they'll say things like, I'm really loving, or I'm really kind, or, you know, um, just, I'm really this. I always tell them, you don't need to say that, because if you were, I would have seen it. I, what I mean by that is, um, if someone is very loving, they come across very loving um, so there's no need for you to make an annunciation you know an announcement that you are loving if you were you would just embody it because you are to yourself very loving very kind very understanding immediately people will pick that up energetically and would think that you're very kind and very loving and all of that. Not because you said so. Okay, so that's how the energy world works. Um, when people say things like... It's like when people say... Um, Honestly, you know, it after... Like if they give you... If they told you something that you doubt them for... And they have things like, honestly, I'm telling the truth and all that kind of... I don't listen to any of that. Because if they were, why, 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 why do they need to say it? Um, and that's what people read into it. So embody... What I'm saying in this podcast essentially is embody what you want to see in the world because the world is a reflection back to you what you want to see into the, in the world you embody it and then people read it and then you don't need to say that I am kind or I am beautiful or I am fabulous and come and look at me people will be willing to come and look at you because of what you radiate I can't stress it enough is not what you say. This is not a job interview. Even the job interviewing people, they read your energy everywhere. People read your energy. Animals read your energy. 
if you have um, like a bad intention to hit an animal or something like that, they get really defensive. But if you don't have any intention to to harm any any you know animal, um, there is no need for them to be defensive. So, you know, everybody, um, everything reads your energy all day long. That's why we are attracted to people that are smiling or laughing or people that have um, just a magnetic energy about them. They feel easy to talk to, easy to um, connect with. Um, and you need to embody that. I hope that I um, I come across to you guys <clears throat> as someone um, loving, um, very chilled out, very laid back and very approachable. Um, so whatever you want to project to the world, try and embody that. And that's what people will read. Um, no rejection can be very harsh, uh, especially to men. I've noticed this with my own friend, um, the impact he could have. I know there was an actor in the past that I think I talked about in my last podcast, um, Leslie Chan. Uh, I could be butchering his poor name, but Chan, like Jackie Chan, C H E. U-N-G um, is his surname. Uh, he was another figure who had issues with women um, in the past and um, and he got rejected severely, severely. Um, there was a lady he wanted to marry, uh, an actress. Um, and do you know what she said to her? A television interview um, on why she rejected him. She said he was very timid. She also found him to be clingy. Look at the words she's using. Um, and I know this from a woman's perspective. They don't like this, okay? Because the 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 person who's timid, the notion they, the energy they give out is. Um, a scared person and women like to feel like the 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 partner they're choosing is capable of protecting them and so timidness and women do not mix okay so if you are timid you need to go to the gym and do something and you know <laughs> change your mindset so it's not attractive also <clears throat> If we just leave the women thing aside, it's actually not very attractive. If you see someone who's timid, that person is not capable. You you in you're sort of thinking in in a in a in a in a way um, subconsciously you're thinking they're not strong. They will never survive. That they would never defend me, um, and all these sort of kind of survival profiling <laughs> so and women like to feel um protected and 
they they need to feel like they're with a strong man and um, a loyal person and all of that. Then this lady said she simply rejected him because he was timid, he was clingy, and I believe she said um, he was always around. <clears throat> now, um, he was a very small guy, physically small, very timid, very... He had all the characteristics that I've mentioned earlier, people pleasing. Um, he even said in an interview he had, he would have um, sleepless nights if he, if he had dates the next day, which I think is quite extreme. Like, why would you have sleepless nights? For what? Get your stuff ready and go to bed. Like, what's the worry? I don't, but that's what people do when they're people pleasing. They're, they're worried, are they are they going to make a good impression, or do I look good, and all these sort of um, desperate energy, they give out a very desperate energy, and the women are reading into it, that's what she said, he was timid, um, she said he was clingy, and he was always around, now, the other, um, the other third point she made <coughs> was <coughs> that he um he was always around um i think if you're gonna date or if you're in a relationship or a marriage there's it can be an overkill when the person is around you 24 hours a day it can seem like um I don't know, it can seem a bit much, it's, it's too much, so it's a, it's a very healthy thing to, well, what I would advise is have um, developed some hobbies, um, some interests, something that you like to do on your own, I don't know, play the guitar, painting, you know, something you're passionate about, and you get to do that, go and you know, go to the gym and get into clubs and not the normal clubs. I mean, like in some sort of a club where you do exercise or you run or you paint or something. So there has to be um, a, a separation, you know, um, a period of time in the daytime. I know everyone's working, but there has to be also a another some sort of interest in your you know you'd like you should develop yourself in some way and so there has to be a separation so the women get to do their thing maybe go to the gym and I don't know cook and clean and <laughs> whatever it is and the guy needs to do all his thing and then later on when you do come back together you have something to talk about people you know it can seem a bit um uh claustrophobic <laughs> if you're always around you're always available you're always there you're always pleasing you have and and the danger of um i don't like people pleasers personally um because they tend to agree with they tend to agree with you because they don't want to offend you I'm not interested in that. I want to know what you think. 
is there a different viewpoint to mine you need to have that kind of skill it's very important that um you're developed in in all areas see where your weakness lie is it dressing is it conversation are you lacking in skills or how to talk to people you notice people who don't know how to talk to people are very awkward um even just saying hello to them seems to be <laughs> a hell of a mission you don't need to be that awkward be very fluid and i think i talked about this um in my last episode um but i talked about the actor that i also mentioned just now um his name was um leslie chang um if you watched his movies um he did a lot of chinese movies of in the 80s and early 90s um i think by 2003 he has passed away but <clears throat> if you watch his interviews or his movies or just any visual uh, representation he seems to be very um very fluid like he would walk towards you and give you a hug or a handshake or whatever it was um but it's it's not awkward it's very fluid it's very opened it's very welcoming you need to have that kind of fluidity <clears throat> i don't know why i'm losing my voice but you need to have that kind of um fluidness to you to your movement your physical movement to your speech to your attitude you know there's so many levels you can apply the fluidness i really love go and watch his movies um <clears throat> he did like over god 56 films and tv dramas and he used to also be a singer he was a dancer very multi-talented man um but he had this fluidness about him um even when he just walked i've never seen anybody on the face of the earth that walked like that man um i really i adored him um when i first discovered him he did a movie i think it was 97 now in 97 i was 15 so um one of my friend who was a movie lover like i was uh told me oh there's a new movie out and it's your favorite actor and um and then that's how i discovered him i think the film was called oh uh, let's see what was it called happy together now of course the the film is anything but happy but um um that's when i sort of discovered him and um he's really well managed very peaceful very attractive very you know um he just had he just embodied um a lot of beautiful qualities about him um but at the same time he was very timid like the lady said he he feared women and you know in at least in his earlier life <clears throat> um so people can be what 
while I liked certain aspects to him, there were other aspects to him that I was not really fond of. Um, but I try and concentrate on the the aspects of him that I love, and um, it's he's a very beautiful um, case study if you want to sort of walk the walk and talk the talk, you know. Um, you would see what I mean if you watch, you know, either his interviews or films or or whatever. But have this um, easiness to you, to your being. Walk easy. Be um, um. So without without looking like you're trying, have this sort of approachable easiness to you don't be so awkward some people um and i have a personal experience just for them to say good morning is like a task and a half um also they look so uncomfortable they're biting their nails or they're shaking or, or whatever it's not a good look and it's certainly not attractive just be um okay with yourself and um have a physical presence about you uh, by embodying the qualities you want to see in the world and uh i really i love so much so much about um leslie and um <laughs> It, like I said, it wasn't just his walk, it's um, just he, he had a way of talking, sitting, walking, dancing. Um, his approach to everything was very smooth, very um, smooth. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean when you see his movies. Uh, so have that kind of pleasantness to you. Uh, and it's not that he he was pleasant because he was good looking. He he had um, an easiness to him. He was very approachable, and be that be approachable. Be easy to look at, easy to understand, easy to be with. And uh, um, I'm sure you know people would notice it automatically. Now, I just wanted to also say this. Um, Neville Goddard has said, and I've quoted this so many times, but he said, we are in this world to to make something of ourselves. Um, or we're in this world to create ourselves. And um, another person that said something similar was um it was i think um Cary Grant the actor in the 50s and 60s um he i can't remember what his real name was but he said in an interview he became Cary Grant or Cary Grant became him he said he want he he kind of came up with this persona of a very cool, attractive um, man that wore, he wore these incredible suits, 
you know, um, two-piece, three-piece suits, you know, usually grey, navy blue, his hair was so sharp, and he was freshly shaven, and if you watch his movies, especially the black and white ones, God almighty, it's, it's, it's like he's from another planet, he's so attractive, and, um, he was, as he said, he was a small town, you know, man, and he really wanted to be this larger than life, big star, and somebody told him, why don't you create a persona about yourself, and that's what a persona is, it's it's almost like a, in the classical translation, they would say it's a mask you wear, but it could be a physical appearance, so he um, he came up with the name Kerry Grant, and this Kerry Grant persona wears a suit, he has a very sharp haircut, he's freshly shaven, he looks gorgeous, he wears, you know, impeccable long coats, and you know what I mean when you see <clears throat> his movies, and he said he put this persona together and he said he was he was um acting to be this person for so long that one day he woke up and he was Cary Grant and he said he was he either became Cary Grant or Cary Grant became him he didn't know either way but um <clears throat> but it worked so um that's the kind of mindset that you need to have if whatever you want to portray to the world well you must become that let's say if you wanted to lose weight and be toned you're gonna to have to you know sign up in a gym and watch your diet and do whatever it is that you need to do <clears throat> and you would get that eventually if it's to take care of your physical appearance you could also you know, find a nice barber shop or a salon or whatever it is, fix your teeth and all the other rest of the stuff of, you know, of the grooming, if it's, you know, health you need to maintain, go and see an herbalist and get some vitamins and fix the diet and be a positive person and try and remove the traumas that we we carry in our body, um, so the the less self-hate or the less fear or the less traumas you have in your body the more healthier you are um and uh um so yes i do believe that you can create um these sort of personas and later on they will become you because you've been practicing them um or you or you're sort of becoming them and uh it that's all I wanted to say in terms of um, rejection. <clears throat> One also need to remember, we need we are the world is a very big place, and you know there's many people, but we need to find <clears throat> our own tribe in that in that world, and um, it's okay to not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, it's okay to not, for everybody to be, in, you know, it's okay um, 
to not be into everyone. I I I, I mean I might see two thousand people, <laughs> and most probably there will be two to three people out of that two thousand that I would actually like, simply because, um. I would notice something about the person, you know, maybe they're creative like me, creative, or maybe they they have something weird things that I like talking about, like, um, <laughs> um, have you seen a ghost? <laughs> and do you see what I mean? I have to have something, some foundation for me to, to, to relate to the person. What do they find? You know, especially I love comedy. So if anyone loves comedy like I do, or they're, you know, into personal development, or if they're creative or something like that, then then I would get on with that person, get along with that person. But other than that, I am, I like, I like that I'm selective with who I let into my world. <clears throat> And I don't mind if people treat me the same. Um, at at the end of the day, I I it's not a competition. Um, to to be better than anybody else or anything like that, I'm simply better than me yesterday, the me of yesterday. That's it. Um, that's who I compare myself to. So you need to have that kind of mindset and um not compare yourself to people don't say things like well my family members all my family members are married or all my family members have girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever don't compare yourself to people um the most intelligent people around the world have are not married most of them don't even have children most of them are not even interested in people they are interested in things um so just be okay where you are in the journey of in your journey and develop yourself uh you know <coughs> greatly and also <coughs> be okay with with rejection uh, it's it's just a learning curve it's uh you know it's one of those life lessons um i can't say that i have ever been rejected in terms of friendship or relationship myself um so sometimes i don't really quite know what it feels like <laughs> simply because i'm the one that rejects people um, it's never been, uh, and I'm, and I and I suppose because I'm very independent from people, um, I don't mind being on my own. As I'm quite, I quite enjoy my solitude. I'm very creative. The the um, my sort of peaceful, incredible times are when I'm on my own. Um, and in a complete silence so that kind of gives you a bit of a picture it's not that I I you know I hate people or anything like that it's just I don't enjoy their 
company too much. Um, or I find that unless they're family or friends, I don't seem to have a lot of a lot in common with them, and so that kind of gives me um, um, time to focus on my own either goals or um, <clears throat> the creative uh, things that I do. Like, you know, coming up with a topic. I do two podcasts every week, so I need to come up with, um, not really come up with, I, I, I sort of watch a lot of YouTube videos and try and get inspired. Then I would, you know, question something and then I would make a podcast about it. Um, this whole podcast really started off as a audio diary for myself during the lockdown um it's all about my thoughts and my beliefs and my perspectives and mindset and you know things that i question things that i don't understand or are i'm working on it or you know it's all of that and um i'm glad you guys are enjoying um each podcast uh i will speak to you soon and uh, have a good night and remember um, to not take rejection so personally, especially men. I find they suffer more than women. I don't know many women. <laughs> so, um, but I but I know a lot of men have suffered from rejection. Um, so yeah, if you are timid, work on it remove that quality about yourself and become much more um, like an alpha male because that's what women look for not a timid person um, or a timid man anyway um, I'll speak to you soon so have a good night and uh, love yourself and I love you guys so bye bye Hello, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all the um, plays, um, I'm always grateful and astonished <laughs> um, as to how many um, plays each episode gets, uh, I love that you're loving it, um, as I always say, um, my my whole point of starting this podcast was um actually um i i had a lot of questions about life about i don't know so many things that i could i didn't feel i could um talk about with family or with friends or you know people look at you in a very weird way if you ask certain questions <laughs> and um i'm very creative and i'm very curious about the world and I, you know, I want to understand and work out my own kind of things. And so I needed um, a place where I could explore that um, without judgment and without, um, w without you know, feeling like you're not being yourself. Because um, there's only so much amount of time I could pretend... Um, 
to be something that I am not. So I'm forever grateful to the creators of the Anchor app. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like a, I treat it like a video, audio, <laughs> not video, but an audio um, diary because there's so much thoughts that you know come across my mind and I really want to investigate and I want to understand and and all of that so um, this is where I feel like I could be myself and without um, losing face in in the in the in the world uh, in the sense you know with family and friends because sometimes I find when I speak to my family about certain things they either not bothered they found it very weird or they question it or well you know they'll sell things like what's the point of knowing what that is about and you know that's my whole point I want to know <laughs> and so um you know um so yes this uh platform allows me that and I'm forever grateful um on today's uh, episode and now last week I think it was when I did the um, positive effects people have on on us um, people or you know like teachers or um, films or music or I don't know poetry or books or whatever and um, and uh, I've been inspired by so many people um and uh especially when i was 15 i was really 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 inspired by um leslie chang who was a um a hong kong native um actor and singer and very creative very um sensitive person um, I don't know when I was 15, only because my, one of my friend, he had one of his movies come out and one of my friends said, oh my God, let's go and see this film. And at the time we just turned 15 and we're in year 11 and, <laughs> and, uh, so my uncle gave us money and, you know, to see the, the film, we didn't even tell him what the film was about. Nor did we actually have any idea what the film was about ourselves. We just wanted to. And so when I saw the film and I came back, um, I don't know, I felt a sense of like, you know, when you, when you feel like you know someone or you've known them somewhere, only you didn't know, well, you'd known them before coming here on the earth. Um, I had a very sense of that. And so when I, um, after watching that film, I was forever fascinated with his movies, his music, um, quotes, just anything, interviews, um, most of them are not trans, even though he speaks English himself, but he, when he's obviously speaking to his own native people, um, he does speak their, um, Cantonese um, language <laughs> which they speak in Hong Kong um, <clears throat> and uh, um, I remember one of my friends the one that I've seen the film with 
saying to me um, when I I was just fascinated. I mean, I, I was you know at the age of fifteen, I was fascinated with everyone, Leonardo DiCaprio, and when when Juliet, you know, Romeo and Juliet came out. Um, but it was different with with Leslie. I don't know why it was different, but I remember, you know. Um, one of my the friend that I went to see the movie with saying um you know some of us she said you know she was really very wise um for the age that she was which was 15 um she, I remember she she said to me something like well you need to find out why why does he fascinate you like what is it about him that you find fascinating and I suppose it was a lot of characteristics it was um the fact that he was creative um very well mannered if you watch you know um like when he does um interviews he doesn't interrupt he seems to be very quiet he would only give them certain answers and not a lengthy one you know um I don't know there was there was some essence of him that I personally in in a in a soul level recognized even though I was 15 I couldn't pinpoint what it was about him that I was fascinated about but I could name a few things like you know he's really well mannered oh he's really well dressed and he was um <clears throat> and uh um but I think also the the creative side is what I also recognized um and uh um that fascination with him or anybody or even the world or the earth or anything um has always stayed with me that sense of curiosity about absolutely everything <laughs> and uh sometimes when you're when you're interested in so many things in a very deep level, um, I think people can sort of misunderstand you. And um, so I can never sort of, um, I mean, I can speak to my cousins about it or my family about it, but it will be a certain level. After that, I find you would lose them or they won't be able to relate or they're not interested or whatever the case may be. So then... Um, I need a personal or another outlet <laughs> and this is why the podcast you know comes in quite handy because I want to you know um, be myself and uh, anyway that's that was about Leslie and why he fascinated me in in, a, in so many ways but you know creative or mannerism or whatever Um Anyway, this this podcast um, on today, I wanted to cover the other side, um, which is the negative impact certain things have. Now, I remember um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, and he said the other day I was watching one of his talks, and he said there was a period in, in his t- in in his life where um, <clears throat> he couldn't listen to music. He you know was having a lot of difficulty personally and so um things that would normally relieve him or kind of um de-stress him 
like listening to music did not work in a in a long period of time <clears throat> so he was saying like for over a year or i think it was 3 years he couldn't listen to music <clears throat> whereas normally that would be the go to thing um and uh it was it was very similar for me um uh because when you're um when you're not in a good place mentally um when i was uh, 27 um i just had a baby i was going through this whole um spiritual thing and um you know a lot of things were happening in my day-to-day life so i was getting divorced i i moved i was moving house i just had a baby 3 weeks earlier and um i think it was around god january of you know 2011 we could have been um 2000 at the end of 2010 was a very difficult period for me because um there were so many changes but it was a uh, it was all happening at the same time as though you know that's what i felt like and so um my go to thing to relax or unwind or you know de-stress which was music was not um i couldn't listen to music for for whatever reason I just found it, it irritated me and I I I wasn't in a good place mentally to to listen to it and but the thing that I've learned about myself is when I I I tend to observe myself so when I find things irritate me then I leave them alone so if I feel like um let's say I was reading a book and it, it I'm just not there to pay attention or I'm not focusing or um I'm not interested at the moment in it at the moment then I leave it and go and do something else or go and get on with something else um when you do that and you don't sort of force yourself um there there is a a sense of acceptance you know um of what's happening and i knew when i couldn't listen to my music i wasn't in really in a good place and i knew that you know you just had a baby you're going through a divorce you're also moving at the same time and the whole spiritual business was happening <laughs> and it was it was full on um but i mean i didn't know this at the time but um so i just used to just do what i felt like doing and that's sort of the time that i've discovered um certain motivational speakers like louise hay who's you know an american motivational speaker you know in the 70s 80s and 90s i think she died in 2009 brilliant brilliant lady who had her own you know crisis from the age of 5 and she had a lot of difficult life and all of that but <clears throat> the great thing louise focused on is um kindness compassion for yourself nobody you can't be kind or or compassionate or loving to anybody else and i've you know i've learned that from louise that i was really 
even um, I was really hard on myself. So let's say if I had, you know, the day's task and I didn't happen to complete one or two things in the list, but, you know, the other nine were completed, I was quite harsh on myself. Like, why didn't I do it? And, oh, my God, you know, I, you know, I should be better than this and all of that. And um, it didn't it didn't occur to me at the time that I have young children. I'm also going through a lot. And, you know, you should be a little bit more <laughs> patient with yourself. That didn't occur to me. My perfectionist side really kicked in and it really made me feel miserable because I was constantly um constantly um sort of um having a go at myself because i felt like i wasn't achieving what i was supposed to achieve which was really the whatever thing that was left off the list could have been done the next day um now when i listened to when i started listening to um louise hay um Ran about that time at the end of two thousand and I would say the middle of two thousand and ten um I started doing what she was teaching people, which was to be patient, compassionate, kind, and loving to yourself, and do not criticize yourself was the first thing on the list, so I needed to stop doing that um I needed to also start slowly changing my diet into a bit more healthier diet um I needed to make time for myself so like I you know put in the kids to bed early um do something you love like watch a film or read a book or you know sit in a long bath or something like that um so I started to slowly become really really passionate um compassionate with myself so whenever I go even today when I get things wrong or when I don't make somewhere on time like a dentist or <laughs> I forgot something or anything um, I am much more compassionate with myself than I was before before I would have a go at myself and nowadays I'll you know I'll say things like I don't feel like cooking today and I think the kids had enough <laughs> with their, you know, cooked food. And so we will order something. And um, if a load of washing doesn't get done on that day, then it's okay. It will get done the next day. Much more compassionate with myself. And I found that because I was compassionate with myself and I'm much more kinder and um, loving, I'm able to love you know, and be compassionate and be supportive to my children or my family or my friends or the people that I work with or study or whatever. So, um, it's, uh, so the, the whole topic really is about being aware of what's affecting you and try and do something about it rather than suffering in silence. Um, um, I've always, observe myself so I so I know think if I'm having um a tiring day or just everything is a bit challenging or it's a bit too much or whatever so I'm constantly monitoring myself and what I think about and all of that um 
not obviously when I'm running around or at work or doing certain things, but generally I would be aware if I'm having a bit of a time. If I need to have a nap in the evening, then I will do it. You know, um, if I need to have a long bath on that day or and try and de-stress, or I would do something like cooking my favorite dish or um, so it's it's like it's self-care it's looking after yourself but it's also not only physically looking after yourself but just mentally being aware and uh um and that if 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 things are not um dressed addressed and you're finding certain things quite hard or you have you're always waking up in a, in a bad mood or whatever um then things can go downhill very quickly um especially those that are you know having depression or anxiety or anything like that you don't want to um start doing things that irritate you but things that you normally enjoy but nowadays irritate you so one needs to kind of be aware of that um and uh, so many um actors or performers or even creative people would say things like um certain things that affect them i know this um actor that um has died just after making a film uh because in in the um at the time he had a uh, clinical depression and uh he did the movie which which was quite a um a very depressive um storyline and uh you know that kind of took its toll i would assume um you know on top of the personal struggles that he was having and uh many people you know commented on like well why did he do the movie why you know he should have been aware and that's the thing one if you're not aware of where your struggles are and that's why i always advise people to monitor yourself you know hour by hour just see what you're thinking about at any given time see what's worrying you see what's um what has most of your focus in the day even when we're doing our work most of us are in our head either thinking about what to cook for dinner or picking up the kids or i don't know just anything so um constantly monitoring yourself i think is the way to go and um do small things like take a tea break make sure you have your lunch on time um when you get home try and treat yourself like i don't know uh um like an evening routine just have the evening to yourself um if you feel like doing nothing which i do most of you know most evenings i'll just be literally <laughs> sitting in my bed um and either listening to a audio book or music or something like that and i do what i feel like is um helping me or what i feel like doing i don't force myself to do things that i i don't enjoy or 
um, or I don't like, or I'm not enjoying at the moment. So I, I tell, um, I normally just go with what the soul feels like doing. So like the other morning, I woke up and I, um, when I woke up, um, I felt the the urge to have an egg sandwich, and <laughs> normally I'll just have a toast. So I, I. You know, I had it in my head that I will have an egg sandwich for lunch. Um, I don't usually have um, anything heavy in the morning. It's usually just a cup of tea and one toast. And then I'm out and, you know, um, dropping the kids off before I go off myself. And so it's it's things like that. Uh, just um, our soul is always communicating with us. So one needs to be, you know, aware or just be quiet. Have um, moments in your day when you have um, complete silence. Now, I have that during the evenings usually when I'm listening to either audiobook or music or I'll watch a film or something like that. There's no talking, not you know, nothing. Um, or I'll just... I don't know, lie, lie on my bed and not move and not, um, not talk or not, you know, just absolute stillness um, and absolute silence. We need that in order for the um, soul to communicate, in order for solutions to come in, um, creative ideas um that's when i receive like um my podcast topics um you know the titles or things i want to talk about it might just pop into my head oh that's what i need to talk about next or i feel like talking about that or this means a lot to me or whatever um so silence and stillness is um when you're doing also um what is it um meditating or yoga it's especially when it's done in complete silence um there's not even music playing it can be very very um rewarding for the soul because um we don't only need to deal with the noise outside but sometimes in our own mind it's very very noisy there's a lot of thoughts a lot of ideas people's you know, when other people are thinking of you or um, when other people are um, talking about you or just some energy comes through as well and it's nothing to, it's not your thought but you're you're getting their thought because they're thinking of you. And it happened to me just the other day, one of my auntie who's in the Middle East um well, I haven't spoken to her in about, I would say, for about three weeks. And this Saturday, just gone, because today is Monday, um, early in the morning, like around five o'clock, I rem- I mean, I don't remember um, too much of the dialogue, but I remember her standing somewhere in a desert sort of environment saying to me why didn't you call me and um so then I have to explain and I knew I explained it but 
um, you see what I mean? She's all the way in the Middle East and I'm in West London. <laughs> but um, the message of her thinking about me, especially on those early hours in the morning, when the the layers, um, when the separated layers of the dimensions are at its thinnest, um, it does come, the message does come through. Um, I knew she would be sleeping at that time and I was sleeping as well. So um, when I woke up, I had the feeling that I had a dream about her and I didn't know what it was. And then throughout the day, bits of the dream was sort of coming to the forefront of my mind. So then I knew I had a conversation with her. Um, and uh, those sort of things happen when you're quiet, when you're not... Um, I suppose when, when there's no noise. A few weeks earlier, I also had a dream about my uncle who passed away a year and a half earlier. For some reason, um, he didn't say anything, but it seemed like I was... You know what happens um, when we're... when we're seeing our dead relatives in a dream... It's either um, our soul, because there is no boundary um, that the spirit, well, our soul, it, it, it goes through the, um, the dimensions. It has no limitation. The only limitation is when you physically, when the, when the soul returns to the body and you wake up, that's when, you're, when the soul is limited. But as soon as you're sleeping, the spirit, you know, flies off to other dimensions and that's when you see your your loved ones now I don't know if he was thinking about me I certainly know that I wasn't thinking about him um but he came I all I remember was what I was walking with someone and a very um sort of a mist glowing mist came past us and I told this person I don't remember so you know that's the other thing um when we dream we often are accompanied I know this happens a lot with me we are often accompanied by people that we don't recognize it I mean we know in the dream but when I wake up I don't know who they are <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing um <laughs> And uh, anyway, I, I was with this person. Yeah, I couldn't even remember if they were a male or female. But I remember standing next to them. And I told this person, that's my uncle over there. But it, he wasn't like physically standing in front of us. There was just a glowing mist. And I knew that it was him. Because, you know, we, we sensed the essence of the person. No, he didn't say anything and he didn't approach me or, you know, made any request or anything like that. He was, he was just there and I've noticed it and I was pointing it out to the, the person that I was with who I don't know, you know, since I've woken up. And what, what it seems to me is I probably have gone there myself or maybe he came over to you know the this physical reality um but we we know either thing happens either you've gone over 
over where they are um you know to do whatever or they came over to us since i'm physically sleeping in west london <laughs> um but either way it's uh it's interested to me i remember explaining in one of the podcast um i don't know um i don't it could be a few months back that i had a family relative my mum's cousin to be exact who was an old man and on the day he died no he died something like nine o'clock and it was a very stressful day for me it was my wedding day so and he was supposed to be there but you know he was taken to hospital and had liver disease and um so at nine o'clock I was I received a call saying that he's passed away and I think around 11.30 or thereabouts I went to bed. When it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, um, I remember he was physically in my room. (laughs) It was the oddest thing and I was at the time 21 and I wasn't spiritually um, aware or what it all meant. And so I was completely confused. And I and I gave him a hug and I was a bit confused. Like, why are you here? Aren't you dead? <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm thinking these things, but I didn't say it to him. And so um, he just said, I'm okay. Okay, don't worry. I'm completely fine. Uh, no, to go back a bit. When I received um, the the sad news that he passed on, I was in a complete disbelief. I don't know why that was. <clears throat> because he's my mum's cousin who's an elderly man and someone that I have only seen maybe two, two to three times in my entire lifetime. And so I didn't understand why I would be so devastated. Um, but my mum said maybe... Because in Islam, we believe um, the soul's festival. Um, In Islam, we believe every soul that will ever live or have ever lived or is living has already been created in just a soul. And so those souls are housed in in a realm. Call it a warehouse, you know. And so what these souls are... Um, when these souls are in the waiting room, so to speak, um, they, they have like, uh, they're in groups. So there are people, you know, that that each soul gets along with and, um, and so there's a friendship, there's a connection there. And so each soul has its own timeline. Each soul has, you know, um no nobody in the in the Quran it doesn't tell us um how long the souls have been there or how old each soul is or um anything like that it just says that they are housed in this realm and so each soul is waiting to come in into a family or a race or certain culture or class you know and um and so that god chooses all these sort of 
um, you know, the, the class or the race or the ethnicity or the language, you know, the lifespan of the person, even though they could have been in that realm for, let's say, 2000 years, when they come into this earth, they're probably going to be here for 67 years. And we, um, we only know the 67 years from the birth because it's recorded in a hospital. Um, but they could have been 10,000 years old, old 200 or 2 million. Nobody knows. And it's fascinating because uh, to me, it's really, really fascinating because I, I found that I was, I, I was connected to certain people. So like my mom's cousin, I was crying and kind of hysterical in a, in a complete disbelief that he passed away. Um, just like that when he was supposed to attend the wedding and, and so when I saw him three hours, well, it wasn't three hours. It could have been from 12 to three. Now, mind you, I didn't look at the time. I just knew that it was early in the morning, that sort of three o'clock, five o'clock, maybe two something time. And these sort of early hours times, like I said um, earlier in the podcast, is known as the witching hours. It's where the the separations in the dimensions are its thinnest. And so people can come through and people can, you can go there or they can come through. No, I know um, in, a, in a spiritual sense that when the person passes away initially, I would say the first 15 days, they don't leave the earth. So... Um, since he passed away nine o'clock, I knew that he would be on the earth. Even at that time, I was aware he would be on the earth. So in a way, in my dream, I seemed I seemed a bit confused as to why he was in my room or there. Or I was physically aware that I was in my room. So because I, I was aware that I was in my room, um, that means he came to me. And all he said was... Um, I'm okay, don't worry, you know, there's nothing to worry about, I'm okay, I'm really comfortable, and so obviously I said, oh, I started crying, <laughs> and and then um, I remember my husband of, you know, at the time, waking me up and saying, why are you crying, who is, you know, because I was in my sleep, I kept on saying, Ali, that was his name, and I would assume that's when I was leaving him, even though he was in the room, you know. Um, but my husband said, you kept on crying, Ali, you know, uh, without saying anything else. So he kept on saying, who's Ali? Then I have to explain, well, it was my mother's cousin who died earlier yesterday and, you know, all of that. Um, but I was in a really an emotional state. Um, I don't know why his death affected me the way that it did because it, you know it's sort of a a distant relative it's not somebody that I used to see or know much about so that would that confuses me a, uh, it confused me a bit but my mother said 
um she's very very wise so she said because you knew him in the realm of souls the place where the the souls are gathered before they come into the earth um that's why the effect of him you know the effect was so strong it's not something that we understand she said but she she assumed that was the reason that i was sort of um in disbelief that he passed on and but when he was alive i didn't really know him i i really liked him i liked his energy and all of that but i he wasn't someone that i used to be dying to see you know it's incredibly strange but um she explained that when souls that used to know each other in that realm come into the earth they recognize each other even if it's if you're from a a different race you know all of the souls are in different races and different class and all of that they recognize um, each other and and this is why we say things like when we met somebody like 10 15 minutes ago it felt like we knew them for 20 years and it, the trust is so you know we trust them very quickly and we i don't know talk about them we're forever fascinated like how am i so comfortable with you it's only been 2 days or <laughs> whatever it is and that's uh what you're trusting is the energy what you're reading is their soul essence the the physical is just the representation um like my uncle always says where we need he said um <laughs> he said this whole race ethnicity name flag blah 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 he said it's just to fill in the forms because obviously when you're looking for a job or studying you can't say i'm you know soul at my essence and all that <laughs> you need a name and a age and all that nonsense but he said he means nothing he actually it's like a trees um christmas trees decoration you know it it's um it's nothing um so anyway so i i i i'm always fascinated by um the people that have the most impact and i always question like but why i don't know them that much why do i feel so attached to them why do they what do they represent what am i reading that i am also missing <laughs> yeah and it's it's a good question to ask yourself um and it's a good way to find your own soul tribes in the earth because obviously there's a lot of people here so um that's all i wanted to say but just be careful i think in in terms of the types of books you read the types of films you watch or music or or any of that uh, especially if it involves drugs or alcohol as you know i don't drink or smoke or anything um but still um be be um aware of negative exposure especially when you're in a vulnerable state of mind it can really um that could be the tipping point and uh, it has been for a lot of creative people like actors and singers and whatever um so just be aware and uh observe yourself do be compassionate 
and uh, um, do a lot of things that you like. Just try and be led by the soul. See what you feel like doing at any given day. See what you feel like wearing. See what you feel like tasting or, you know, whatever. Um, work, I mean, um, you know, um, let the soul tell you, you know, if you're going to wear a red scarf or a brown jacket or if you're going to have pasta for dinner or ask your soul what do you feel like eating what shall I give you how can I um I don't know how can I help you today or um all of that and just be compassionate be kind be loving towards yourself and then because you embody that you would be much more, people would be much more easier reading that from your body language. But also, um, we can't give anything that we don't have to others. If you are not kind or compassionate or loving towards yourself, you cannot give that to anybody else. And people read people's energy, not necessarily their... um, physical Uh, and that's all I wanted to say on this podcast but just be aware and do um, what whatever you think it's necessary even if it just means watching Mr Bean oh my god I know there was a guy that I can't remember his name but Louise Hay used to mention this guy in the 50s who cured himself of tuberculosis or some sort of a cancer I think it was a stomach ulcer or something like that just by watching um, the 1950s um, comedy like you know um, it could be Charlie Chaplin I don't know what he watched but she said he he watched a lot of um, comedy videos and and that's how he cured himself laughter is truly a medicine and something that we all need in our life a lot more (laughs) especially early in the morning I try and watch something funny before going to bed I like to go to bed with um, uh, with a good mood and with a lot of um, relaxed body and maybe you can give that a go anyway till next time um I'll speak to you soon and uh, have a great day. Love you. Love yourself as well. And uh, okay. Bye-bye.